Well, good morning, New Hope. So good to be with you. And, and I don't know about you, but if you've been joining us for these few weeks in December, I know I have been so blessed by this series, Impossible. Based on the, the miraculous Christmas story where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary to say, you're going to bear a son, his name will be Jesus. And she says, how is this? I'm a virgin. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he closes in Luke 137, nothing is impossible for God. Last week, we got to, to have a great service and a great leaning into impossible healing and impossible cure. And for me, I was so blessed because God didn't just do that on Sunday. He gave me an extended weekend of impossible healing. Before the weekend even started on Thursday, I got to pray with a few people for impossible healing. We had an awesome sermon, an awesome testimony Sunday morning, an opportunity for people to receive impossible healing. And then Monday night, a few of us on a Zoom call got to pray again for impossible healing. I love how we leaned into it and we said it's not about a formula. Jesus is always doing something different. He's always on the Father's business, listening where God is going to send him. And so formulas, just focus on formulas. But we need to focus on Jesus and his direction and what he wants to do. And that's why we gather here today, isn't it? Because in this out-of-control world, we know the blessed controller of all things. In this time when the world needs so much hope, we serve a God of impossible change. This week, uh, some of our staff were reviewing a recent Barna poll. The Barna group did this survey this year of, of positive mental health. And every demographic across our society obviously decreased in positive mental health because of these times, except for one group. One group nationally, you know who that is? It's you. Those who regularly engage in church. Positive mental health actually went up during, somebody say glory to God. Nothing is impossible for God. God is a God of impossible change. And like my wife prayed, I love how my wife prayed today, let us walk with Jesus and shine that light for others. He is a God of impossible change. Our big idea today, no matter what your label is, addiction, struggle, mountain, God is the God of impossible change. In the story of Zacchaeus today, we see three movements that produce impossible change. So first of all, if you're taking notes, God's pursuit. Follow along as I read the story of Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said, Achaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 
Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I've always loved the story of Zacchaeus. I learned the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I see some heads bopping. I made a rap early in my youth ministry of Zacchaeus, but we're not going there today. But I've always put the emphasis on the pursuit of Zacchaeus that he went and climbed the tree. But before Zacchaeus longs to see Jesus, Jesus was on a God assignment to find Zacchaeus to go to the tree, to go to his house and bring impossible change. And this is the model of Jesus. He's always following the mission and plan of his father. You see, there's no formula for impossible change because it's always different. Jesus doesn't do anything he doesn't see his father doing. And over and over again in scripture, we see that God is on the move to save his people. John 5, 17 through 19 rings true this theme. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Church, there is never a moment that God is not working. He's working out of his being. He's moving towards the world in love. And a great theological word is called perichoresis. It comes out of the fourth century and it describes this eternal dance of love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the movement of God of how he's working comes out of this eternal relationship, this dance of love, of perfect love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we see this in Jesus' words. You can see it in the undercurrent of Jesus' words to Zacchaeus. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Wow. He was, that wasn't just a response. He knew God was telling him, you're going to find a guy in a sycamore tree and you're going to go to his house and salvation is going to come there today. So Zacchaeus received him joyfully. Jesus was on a mission from the Father, for I must stay at your house today. And God knew that Zacchaeus' heart was ripe. He was, he was broken. He was ostracized in his own, among his own people. But his heart was right for receiving the pursuit of God's perfect love. No matter what your label is, addiction, struggle, or mountain, God is the God of impossible change. And God wants to bring impossible change. God wants to bring transformation. And it all starts in this first movement of God's pursuit. The second movement that follows is our response. God is constantly moving towards us in love, but he will never force himself on us. We need to receive him. 
We need to call out to Jesus. I, I say it all the time when we open the altar every Sunday at the end of service for prayer. I'm saying you don't have to leave the way you came in. But we have to push through that spiritual resistance. We have to push through any anxiety. We have to push through any blockage to come and say, I need you, Jesus. To receive the blessing, to receive the impossible change, to receive words of healing and change. I love the story of Zacchaeus because it's a story of overcoming. Zacchaeus didn't let his stature, his small height, he didn't let the weight of his personal labels keep him from receiving the dance of eternal love. You can feel the weight of, of, of the label that Zacchaeus carried in verse 2. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Right after his name, Zacchaeus, you have this label, tax collector, and being rich. And it's because he fleeced his pockets and the pockets of the Romans with some extra money in collecting money from the tax collecting. Probably wasn't always on the up and up. We know that. Because what's, what comes. But he is one of the most hated class of citizens. And also it's not tax collector that's just the label. It's sinner. Because when he is going, when Jesus is going, the people give this vilified response. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He is gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And so Zacchaeus wears this label, tax collector, sinner. And it weighs him down. We have to overcome the hurdles and walk through the tough stuff and face our limitations. We, like Zacchaeus, have to find a way to reach out to Jesus. So what are the labels? What are the lies that society, that the enemy gives you, the, the labels that you wear that keep you from running to Jesus and taking on his name, taking on his promises and his blessings to you? Is it loser, addict, failure, sinner, defeated, damaged goods, never going to amount to anything, liar, cheater? I love how Jesus doesn't care about our past labels. He's on a mission from God to bring God's perfect love, to bring healing and forgiveness and a new name. Jesus always breaking down the lies the labels that keep us from being reconciled to him and reconciled to one another. Look what he does in the very formation of choosing his disciples. I'm reading from a, a wonderful book, The Deeply Formed Disciples. Jesus, Pastor Rich Velotis says this. In the calling of his disciples, Jesus put people together who would most certainly not follow each other on Twitter. Yet in the forming of this small community, he was symbolically making a statement that in the kingdom of God, a new family was being created. Consider Matthew and Simon the Zealot. Matthew worked for the government. Simon hated the government. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon a tax protester. Matthew collected revenue for the Romans. Simon was a rebel against the Romans. Matthew was wealthy. Simon was work, working class. 
Matthew made a living taking advantage of people like Sam, Simon. Simon made a living trying to kill people like Matthew. Jesus is intentionally breaking down the walls and the labels and the classes and everything that would divide us from him and from one another. And he'll do anything to bring us that impossible change. I want to show you a picture of a, a New Hope family here. This is Corey and Melissa DeMars and Lily and Alex. And this was this week on a beach in the Virgin Islands. Really rough, right? But I'm so proud of this family. I'm so proud of the impossible change God has done and is doing in their lives. And this was a celebration trip because last Saturday, Melissa graduated with her LADC, Licensed Alcohol and Drug Counselor. And this has been a long journey, but I want to tell you just a snapshot of this impossible change, because as we Zoomed on our, our small group last Sunday night, Corey and Melissa just testified about the impossible healing and change God had done in their lives when they were in recovery, when they were in prison, and they, they made this response and this run to Jesus, and the grace of God shielded them from the labels and shielded them from the trauma and shielded them from the hurt relationships. And so many of those times when we're trying to make our way to Jesus and the, the wounds come up and the failures come up, they can be triggers, can't they, for, for getting stuck. They can be triggers for not seeking that blessing or that healing. But I'm so thankful that they're there today, and we can all celebrate that. Amen? I've heard a rumor that they're back in town, but... I just want to say thank you, Jesus. We can all celebrate impossible change and celebrate the little steps of responding to him. No matter what is your label, addiction, struggle, or mountain, God is the God of impossible change. And in the story of Zacchaeus, we see these three movements, God's first boot, our response, and finally, our transformation. The fruit is in the pudding, isn't it? We don't hear a lot about what happens at the home of Zacchaeus welcoming and his hospitality to, to Jesus, but we see transformation. Love has come to the heart and home of Zacchaeus, and he responds to Jesus right away. I'll give half of what I own to the poor. And if I cheated anybody, I'll give them four times back. Now, I'm a literal person, and I'm thinking, Zacchaeus, I don't think that leaves you with a whole lot. But I love how he shows that he has, he has thrown off that false idol, that false god of the love of money. You see, false idols overpromise and underdeliver, And there is transformation. I'm not going to have that anymore. I got you, Jesus. That's all. I need. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. So say that now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. 
You want to break that down to New Hope language? It's we're becoming more like Jesus and less like ourselves. God can do metamorphosis. That's what transform is, metamorphe. Just like the butterfly. We can be transformed. We can, like Zacchaeus, reject those false idols and run to Jesus and be transformed. And Jesus responds by renaming, relabeling Zacchaeus. Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Do you get what happened here? The label of tax collector and sinner's gone. Jesus says he too is a son of Abraham. Welcome home, Zacchaeus. Welcome to the family of God. You and I are sons of Abraham. And all that guilt and all that shame has to be wiped away. I get to go minister at the Union Gospel Mission tonight. I'm so excited this week of Christmas to be there and to serve. We get to do that every couple months. But I'll, I'll never forget when I was working there for a couple years and I worked in the women and children's shelter. And I had a class once a week on our identity in Christ. And I'll never forget this young gal named Jam who had two beautiful children who came in homeless to the one session. God did a whole lot of healing, a whole lot of impossible change. And in this one session, we were talking about the new name that God gives us, taken out of John 10, verse 3. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And in, all, in that passage, it's a beautiful passage of we can hear the shepherd's voice. And in Revelation 2, it says that we'll be given a white stone with a new name on it. And so we did an exercise just to pray and to listen, God, we want to forget our old labels, right? The accuser, the, the enemy of our souls, the labels he gives us. And we want to listen to you. What's the name you give us? And so we took time to be quiet. And in that time, I heard, I wasn't listening for myself, but I, I would describe, uh, it wasn't audible, but sometimes you can feel the weight or the impression of a word. And that oftentimes is God speaking. And I, I felt the weight of God's word saying power. And I held on to that. And as the, the women went around and they picked a rock and they wrote on the rock the, the name that God had given them. And this gal Jam said when she walked into the class that day, she noticed one rock. And on that rock, she saw the word power. I love when God does that. He doesn't have to do that, but sometimes he confirms a word and say, don't listen to those old labels. I want to change you, and I want to give you power. You are not homeless. You are power. I'll never forget Daryl, a man in his 50s in the discipleship program there. He came with me to minister to a group, a church youth group of middle school kids and they were doing a, a weekend and learning about homelessness. And 
day and shared with them his story. And he said, stay in school. I dropped out when I was in seventh grade. And you could have heard a pin drop. And he said, I never had a steady job till I came to the mission. He was an alcoholic all his life, but one night at a bus stop right by the mission, downtown St. Paul, he cried out to God, take this alcoholism from me, and bam, God did impossible change right there. He got his GED. He got a new family. God did impossible change even in his 50s. Now, now many of us maybe have not had to overcome addiction or probably not a lot of us have had to struggle with homelessness. But I know many when we come to this time of year walk through the struggle of loss and change at Christmas. I want to brag a little bit about the grace of God and impossible change over New Hoper Marlene Hartzell who just lost her beloved husband, Don, this summer. I told her this summer, I said, this funeral was one of my top five, Marlene. I didn't even do it. But there was so much Jesus radiating from their lives. It was all about Jesus. Listen to what she says in her Christmas card. In the year of such great loss for our family, I thought I might answer some FAQs, frequently asked questions. Lovingly asked questions since Don's passing on June 22nd. FAQ, how are you doing? How are you really doing? She said this might have been me asking her, how are you really doing? The answer, honestly, the Lord and I are doing very well. I have peace that I could never have imagined I probably have. And I found strength that I didn't know I would even have in dealing with the paperwork, the changes, and decisions that came before me. The highlight of each new day is my uninterrupted devotional time. It's amazing how God speaks through his word and other devotional materials to meet me in a special way every day. Example, one particular lonely Saturday evening, my cell phone dinged, and up popped a slideshow of pictures from my camera roll entitled, Donald through the years. Wow and ah. The next morning in my devotions I read, when we look to God, our crisis will show us what truly matters and that we're not alone. We learn that God's comforting presence never leaves us. He shows his love in infinitely surprising ways. My new daily prayer includes, how are you going to surprise me today, God? God's answer may come through a phone call, a text message, seeing a friend in the grocery store, or any number of unexpected ways. All reminders of God's daily care for me. God is the God of impossible change. God is the God who can bring joy even through great loss. And when we can learn to say, honestly, the Lord and I are doing very well. We're receiving the pursuit of God. We're running to Jesus, and we're letting him do this transforming work 
as he comes to our home and he knocks on the door of our heart and he says, let me come in. The Lord and I are doing very well. Church, I pray that this Christmas, our Emmanuel runs to the tree, runs to your home, and finds you, no matter how you are, and you welcome him in. May this be a time of more and more impossible change. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we... We thank you, Lord, that we get to sit under your word. And as Wendy said today, your word doesn't return void. And so, Lord, we just ask that your word, we just ask that your spoken word, we just ask that your written word, first of all, here, and your spoken word from your Holy Spirit comes on top of those words to every heart, soul, mind, and strength. And God, you replace those labels, those struggles, with your hope, with your words, with your love, may the, the perfect love, the, the dance of the eternal love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come to each of us this Christmas season. God, we thank you for the company that's gathered in this place, gathered under the sound of my voice online today. We pray that your joy and your peace may increase. We pray that this light more and more would receive your love and run to you and become more like Jesus and less like ourselves. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's children said,